Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, take a couple moments, and just let your mind and will and emotions just settle back into your spirit, into their, into their initially created relationship with your spirit. Your soul belongs in union with your spirit, and your soul wants to get back there. Yourself is in the way, how you have filled that gap. Still working on the best way to illustrate that, uh, and think I'm getting there, but hopefully we'll be able to share something with that soon that that makes sense visually to help us all understand the relationship between spirit, soul, and body. Obviously, we're not going to be able to encapsulate and illustrate something as vast as spirit and spirit realm, or supernatural realm for that matter. But we can come up with a way to for a common understanding so that we can talk about it and encourage one another and a ju- sort of a, a jumping off place because this is part of our, our problem is we have limited words we have limited illustrations which is one of the reasons we so heavily rely on on the Bible scriptures and even our common religious histories. You know, in Western civilization and Eastern civilization and all the different cultures, when we look at their religion or Christianity, we look for those things that encapsulate concepts, and we try not to get too bogged down in individual words. But it's a process, and which is one of the reasons it's important to know that the goal of that process. The goal of the process is not to know stuff. It's to be changed. And we're only changed by God, spirit and soul. Now, part of that function going on within us where we're receiving healing and truth and uh, encouragement in our soul, our beliefs change, our goals change, our motivation and purpose for the projects that we have while we're here on this earth change. And It's all a learning experience. We hopefully can learn from one another. We don't need to make every mistake on our own. We can learn from other people's mistakes. And hopefully we can learn from other people's victories as well. So we don't want to, we don't want to reinvent the wheel, but we want to make sure that the wheel is what God wants invented. So we understand there's concepts that help us 
to communicate about certain things. And this is part of our challenge that we've spent a lot of time, uh, for instance, waiting on God. And if you've got uh, an understanding that doesn't line up necessarily with what's trying to be conveyed, you can misinterpret the whole concept of waiting or uh, ministry or faith or grace or wounds. There's so many different concepts that we all bring something to the table, that this is what this word means, this concept means. Now, God knows what we believe. He knows what we think. And he's the one who changes that concept. When we, when we have that aha moment, we go, oh, now I see, now I get it. That's God bringing enlightenment. And he does that for everybody. Because he's a generous and loving God. That's his nature, is to give That's how he shows love. That's the nature of love, is to express more. Because even thinking about the whole idea of why did he create, you know, Adam and Eve and all of us to put on here on this this blue planet hurtling through space, why? What, what What benefit is he looking for? What is the outcome he's looking for? And... You know, if we, it could be, I'm sure there's, it's probably on multi-levels, but it could be just more of an expression of himself. That creative, giving, loving God expressed in a multitude and variety that uh, brings him pleasure, that, that achieves his purpose of being. I love how in the scriptures he's referred to as he refers to himself as I am. He exists. He is. There's, to put more qualifiers on who he is, you're going to miss some. And so he just says, just accept that this is who I am and let it go with that. So we do. We let it go with that. and We understand that wherever we're at is exactly where he wants us at any given moment, and yet we're all in process. And there's something about how he created us, how he crafted us, that um, we get our satisfaction from productivity, from reaching a goal, from work, from achieving something, from being able to mark uh, our days, mark our uh, uh, lives, most of us have a, a, a real connection to how we're doing. You know, we want to know how we're doing, and that's often a, one of the first questions people have for God. You know, if, if you could sit down with God right now and say at your dining room table, and he said, you can ask me any question, most people, not all, but most people ask, have I missed you? Am I out of your will? How am I doing? Am I on the right track? 
We want, it's very personal. We want to know how we're doing. And I, I think a lot of the reason for that is because most of us don't feel like we're on the right track. And that's because of our expectations. Our expectations are, are, have been met. We've, we've made our own expectations. We've inherited some. We've, we've heard some from other, you know, even, even when we go to the scriptures and we look at this is what the scriptures say about what a good Christian is. And we all bring our own misconceptions to that. We all have our own heroes of the faith. And we take those characterizations and we keep what suits us and let's let the others fall by the wayside. And that's fine. We're all, again, in process. None of us can hear and receive and swallow and accept everything that God has to offer us in, in the twinkling of an eye. We would not be able to contain everything that God is in the state that we're in in the condition we're in. Now, if we looked back, we could see how often and how many times God has revealed more about himself, more about who we are, how we exist, our purpose and function here on this earth. And when we understand that God does have a specific purpose for us as individuals, but also in a, in a larger uh, context. He created the earth. He created the universe. He created time. He created all these things for a purpose, for something that is going to be satisfying and is satisfying to him. And we don't have to understand what that is. We don't have to, uh, you know, talk, take the word faith. Odds are, for if you put 100 people in the room, you're going to have 101 definitions of what faith is. And that's fine because we're, our goal and purpose is not agreement. It's oneness. And because we are all unique souls that we are one with, as we become more and more one with our spirit, our spirit is one with God. We are one with each other and unified in our spirit. And yet we're still uniquely singular creatures. Now, I don't know what preexisted God creating you know, our bodies and Adam and Eve and this world don't know what preexisted, and I don't know what comes next. And it's fun to speculate as long as we don't get too distracted and, and wasting time, for instance, because uh, we do have a ten, all t- have a tendency to get distracted on those things that uh, occupy and can keep and distract our, our emotions, our, our self. Remember, your, your soul is, is a gift from God. 
yourself is what your soul creates to take the place of God. And even when we're Christians, we continue to do that. We continue to want to maintain control over God, over our circumstances. You know, we have this idea about how God behaves. You know, God would never let bad things happen to good people. And, you know, God would never let somebody we love die, you know, in a, in a car accident. You know, or pick whatever. We all have these concepts that God would never permit this, or God is this, or would never do that. We've crafted that image because when you come right down to it, God, even the thought of, okay, um, what's that, that old puzzle? Can God create a rock so big that he can't move it? Just the concept of God creating a rock and the concept of being, it being so big that he can't move it those are our characteristics of God's nature. That, that is an attempt to understand God, which is fine, which is this is, this is what we're struggling with. We don't have the words. Well, we have, we're, we're, we're trying to find ways of conveying and experiencing even. You know, this is why so often, you know, I love the phrase, the, the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because nobody can argue with your experience. They can question it, and that's fine. But if you've had an experience with God, or let's say, you know, say you've walked on the moon, and everybody says, no, 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 that never happened. You know, you can argue all you want, but if you've had that experience, you're going to be able to just have that confidence that, no, I've experienced God. I've experienced walking on the moon. I know what this is. It doesn't, you know, you're disagreeing. You're challenging the words I use. You, you know, challenging my experience. I'm fine with that because I know the truth. I've experienced the truth. And then we can just, you know, see what the Lord wants to do. Because we don't have to change anybody else's mind. We can't. Uh, you know, there's that old wives' tale. You know, those that are convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. Because God, where is God changing us? In our soul. If I use the power of my soul to change somebody else's soul, all that does is strengthen their desire for more control to get what they want from me or from other people. And we don't want to be the answers to other people's needs. You, your soul, cannot meet other people's needs. You can't even meet your own needs. That's why we have God. That's what your spirit is there for to meet all your needs. And and when we look at and are reminded that Adam and Eve, we, we're, in a sense, we are so 
so drastically blessed because we can know God in a way that Adam and Eve could not because they never had any needs. They never knew God as a guide, as a counselor, as a healer, as a comforter, because they never had any of those needs. They didn't know how to go to him for healing, for direction, for understanding. They didn't even need to go to him. But you and I, we're, we have that special privilege of being without and then being with and being able to value and appreciate his being able to meet and desiring and wanting to meet our needs. Each one of us, think of that, each one of us, he is spending all his time, every second of every minute of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, our entire lifetime, spending all that time just arranging every single circumstance for our best. And so day by day, we are conformed to his likeness, to his image. Now, spirit, we're already there. We're in him. Our problem is our soul. Now, we can enjoy the ride, and I think he wants us to. I think he doesn't want us to get caught up in how far we have to go, for instance. But enjoying that rest and letting him do his work, letting him do that conforming of our soul to our spirit and and unlocking the things that are locked and restoring the things that are cracked and need to be healed. He knows exactly what he, what needs to be done. And sometimes the very situation we think, oh, this is going to be the end of us, is exactly what is the beginning of something new he's doing in us. And we've talked about the two sides of the coin. That's the one side of the coin, that how much is his work. And yet we've neglected, we all have, the, what, what we are able to function as a soul, as the gift that God has given us of our soul. We've neglected learning how our soul works. And the soul is something your spirit has. Just like your body is something your spirit has and your soul has. And you don't wait for somebody else, unless you're a little child, for the most part, we don't wait for somebody else to take care of our bodies. We understand we have a level of responsibility for care and that there's going to be consequences for not taking care of our bodies where, you know, we, we try not, you know, don't drive drunk, you know, things like that. Uh, we know that there are consequences, the, the positives and the negatives of how our natural body functions in the natural realm. And yet we don't pay nearly enough time and attention 
to our soul. And that's what we've been spending all our time understanding why it's important to learn. And this is something, you know, God's doing his thing and we can be doing our thing. Because this is a function of the soul. And God has given you power and authority through your spirit over your soul. It's sort of, you know, we, we kind of have the idea that as soon as I die, I know I'm going to know how to judge the angels, how to, you know, be whatever, you know, you think that heaven or whatever is going to be. In the blink of an eye, he's just going to change us and conform us. And I don't see, I don't see that as part of his overall strategy, then why leave us here? You know, why would we want to stay here? If if I can just, you know, take myself out of this earth existence and be changed and skip all the trials and the and the pain and the the making the mistakes and change is hard. If I can just leave and be, you know, boom, one with God. Why would I why would I want to stay here? So I think we each have misconceptions and misinterpretations about the value of our time here. And starting with God doesn't need our help. You know, the the time zone that you're in, the the country, the geog- geography, your family, your work situation, whatever situation, God has crafted it for you. Not against you, but for you. He wants what's best for you. And we don't even know the degree to which he wants the best for us. And part of that is as, well, going back to the, the natural, your body, your, your physical body has natural senses, you know, sight and touch and hearing, as, as well as your soul. Your soul has supernatural senses. Your natural senses function in the natural realm. And your soulical senses function in the supernatural realm. Starting with the soulical realm. You know, we think of think of in terms of, you know, feeling the presence of God. What does that mean? It odds are it means something different to each one of us. And you might have an idea about, okay, you know, this year the presence of God this is what I meant. Last year it meant something different and next year it will mean something different again because we'll have different experiences. And our senses will have changed. Will our perception, our understanding, will have changed from year to year to year, from month to month, week to week, maybe even day to day. Because what? Because our senses 
are sharpened by reason of use. And one of the questions that comes up when we start talking about, you know, um, these that are the solical abilities are inherent in our soul. They're not something that, that God you know, uh, telegraphs, or, or here he's, he leaves a gift on our front door like, like Amazon. Here's your gift of healing. No, they came with our soul. And if we don't understand God's purpose for that, we have, this, we have more emphasis on those abilities rather than less. And in a sense, that robs us of taking responsibility and enjoyment out of those abilities becoming part of our soul, just as our natural abilities. You know, eating. I think we all, can, we all know how to eat, part of the function of our natural body. While these other abilities, for instance, being able to hear from God clearly and with confidence, that's like eating for our soul. If we are thinking, okay, that's only for special people. And so we have a different lexicon. We have different language, different words for things that we, you know, almost want to keep at uh, uh, arm's length. Because think about it. Think, okay, what if you really believed, look, I can do miracles. I can raise people from the dead. I can do if god wants me to do this i can do it i can do it anyway but i'm going to wait for god to send me and it's not because i'm afraid of anything it's because this is part i i understand the process is to be able to hear god clearly and with confidence hear and do hear and act yes hear and obey you know, that's another one of those things that has a lot of uh, charge to it, is that whole obedience thing. It's really just do, just do. When, when you hear, you know, God gives us the desires of our heart. It's not that we have desires and then God gives what those desires would be satisfied with. No, he's, he puts the desires in our heart, in our soul. So and this goes back to the whole concept of part of the the human thing that we are struggling and overcoming and pushing through is part of the glue that sticks us together, spirit, soul, and body. It's like the pressure that keeps the air around the earth is there's layers and interconnectivity and temperature changes and fluctuations. And within us, our beliefs change and modify. And yet we, it, we always come back to having that confidence and that you know, solid understanding that God loves us. That 
that he's reliable. And we would say he's faithful. That's really, you know, we're all, again, we all have our own concept of what that means. But if you, if God has proven himself faithful by experience, nobody can take that away. If you've had experiences where, you know, you're able to do miracles, nobody can take that away. And this is where we can have that confidence that we're hearing him clearly is by the the act the activation of our soulical abilities because God is is can we all agree that God is not a fool he's not going to put us in a situation that he can't handle he's always going to put us in situations that we can't handle but he's not going to put us in a situation that he can't handle because he's crafted every situation and then we look back and we go, oh, I wish I'd have said that, or I wish I'd have been more bold, or I shouldn't have even opened my mouth, or I shouldn't have gotten up this morning, whatever. We all, you know, we second guess, and that's fine too. Because we want to remind ourselves we learn more from the mistakes we make than accidentally getting things right. So, well, Thank you so much for tuning in for and for the questions. Uh, I didn't get to the one, but hopefully next week we'll get to that. Um, and go ahead and re- email. Uh, I'll answer your email, and we'll have a discussion about that. But as always, you can drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.